Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. I don't like introducing it like that anymore. I always, I don't know, how do you introduce things? Hello and welcome to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. It just feels, is there, hi, you can't be like, hmm, uh, why go on my G's? No, that's culturally insensitive. Um, anyway, uh, Wagwan, my G's, and welcome to another. <laughs> I think that would be an incredible opening to Boys Gone Wild. Every time I'm like, Wagwan, my G's. <laughs> um, God, yeah, it would be amazing to look at the analytics of the amount of people who quit after the first 10 seconds of the video. Wagwan, my G's, no thank you. Not listening to that white man, thank you very much. I'm going to pick a different white man to listen to because there are many to choose from. Um, but yes, this episode is another solo one. I've, basically, I've been with these solo ones. They're kind of bonus episodes where I hope to like talk about specific boys coming wilds when I have time. And I've been wanting to basically talk about the last episode solo episode I did was about Taching Heist, the performance artist. Uh, this one's about Patrice O'Neill, and then I've got another one I want to do on Woody Allen, but it's about when I can find the time. So, yeah, uh, this one is I, I decided to. Um, that would be good to do an episode on Patrice O'Neill, one of my favourite stand-ups, uh, after I saw the new um, documentary made by Comedy Central about Patrice O'Neill's life. Um, and I, I watched it a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't get round to making this episode till now. But um, yeah, after watching the uh, Patrice O'Neill thing, which it was a nightmare to find... I had to find it because it was only on in America. Uh, I had to stream it illegally. Um, and I don't know if I, I haven't been explained right, but it is, why can't you watch stuff online? Why isn't there, I would have paid for it. Why, why can I not see it in the UK? Why do I have to commit a crime to watch a show? What is the thinking for people who made the show that, they're not going to let people in the UK see it till later. I would give money to them. Instead, you force me to steal. Okay? I stole from you. And I don't feel guilty about it. Because if I can't pay for it, it's my right to steal. I think that's the rule of the internet. If you don't give us options to pay for shit, we will take it. Okay? And you should be terrified of us. Um, yeah, it, it really annoys me. And if you're trying to look for a film... How are we in 2021 and not every single film you can buy in high quality on the internet? I don't particularly like streaming films. I want to say for ethical reasons, but in general it's because um, I can't, I don't like the high resolution, I don't like the low resolution and the glitchiness um, and having to HDMI up to my TV. Not a fan of that. Uh, and also the eth eth ethicalness. Even though it's not eth unethical, if the if everyone who made the film's dead, then steal away. You know who who? You, I think that's public. Once everyone in a, a film dies, that's your property. And if you watch a film from the thirties, even if there's a baby in it, it's weird when you watch films from the thirties because uh, it's just weird thinking everyone died. You know. Um, you know, you see, you see. If you look at a scene from a film from the thirties, the forties, and there's like this nice, cute little baby. That baby's dead now. Weird, isn't it? The person holding the sound boom, dead. Cameraman dead. Guy did the lighting, all dead. Massacred. Um, but yeah, I, whenever I'm trying to watch a film, and there's, you know, when you you can go to these sites that tell you where things are streaming, and when it says it's literally not streaming anywhere, 
What is the point? Why are there not always, for any film, options to buy it? You know? I was trying to watch In the Mood for Love, a one car Y film. Uh, couldn't find it anywhere. Nowhere to buy. And I also read some trivia. The film, the film site Mubi, okay, was set up by these Turkish guys because they couldn't find the film In the Mood for Love. Mubi is a sort of um, art house curation film website where you sign up and they they uh you could for like seven pounds a month you can have like they they choose great films for you to watch that was set up because the guys couldn't find the film in the mood for love i still can't find the film in the mood for love i had to steal it and i will do unless you make it on on offer um but anyway this is not about in the mood for love this is about patrice o'neill and the documentary about him and it was a it was a good doc uh it was an emotional doc because he's had um, quite a he had quite a, a tragic end uh, dying from uh, his lifelong diet diabetes um, and it was made by a lot of his generation of comedians people like Bill Bear uh, Rob Bob Kelly um, Jim Norton these kind of uh, people from his, who came up with him in his generation just tell talking about his life and it felt very genuine of people who really had held a place in their heart for him talking about it and uh, I was just glad that his life, that for people who aren't massive comedy fans, not a lot of people know Patrice O'Neill because um, his approach to the industry was so abrasive and self-destructive. He rarely got the mainstream recognition he deserved. So Patrice is generally considered one of the great stand-ups of all time by comedians. He's certainly a cool thing to say. Uh, I'm not saying that undermines his greatness but he certainly because he died young you know he certainly is a it's it's a cool thing to think Patrice O'Neill's the best stand of all time it says something about you um and you know who want you never know with, with people who died Bill Hicks he only managed to I think he only managed to put out two specials before he died Patrice O'Neill only managed to put out one special before he died and these kind of people who if they die early they become sort of mythologized uh, is that the right yeah you know Eminem I bet he wish he'd died do you know what I mean like fucking hell Tupac and Biggie like died so young I, I, they put out like three albums each died hip hop heads so cool to say Tupac and Biggie best of all time Eminem if he died after his fourth album probably before relapse yeah Maybe after, if he died, at, he'd made like four great, great albums. If he died, if he got shot after that fourth one, I guarantee people would say he's the greatest rapper of all time. No question about it. But because no one had the, you know, the charity, the thought, the mercy to kill Eminem, they allowed him to carry on making music. Um, Patrice uh, came up in what I think is one of the golden ages of comedy, which is sort of like, he came up in the New York scene, even though he's from Boston, like seemingly the best comics are. Uh, he came up from Boston to New York in like the 90s, early noughties. That seemed to me, for American comedy this is, to be where there was something really special happening with stand-up. That's Louis C.K., that's Bill Burr, Colin Quinn, Patrice O'Neill. Uh, and what made Patrice so good was that he sort of practiced this truly radical honesty. You know, the the 
the documentary is called Killing is Easy because it's a quote from him saying basically uh, destroying a club, doing really well, that's easy. Saying what you want to talk about and not caring what people think, that's hard. You know, that's his sort of approach. And like, it's not saying that he'd kill every time, but he would always do everything on his terms. And he certainly is inspirational to people and me as a comedian because he lived his life fully with doing pure authenticity, you know, especially in American comedy, probably more than British comedy. The kind of drive is to try and find authenticity and the sort of your journey as a stand-up comedian is trying to find who you are, you know, and that's the kind of dual journey you're trying to make as you get close. And the great stand-ups is about fully realizing who you are and channeling that with no bullshit. That's why stand-up comedy has been doing so well. It's because with the world being so confusing, having people who can go on stage and truly channel themselves unapologetically is very appealing. Um, and he probably did that more than anyone and more than anyone ever has since. Um, you may not like his stuff, which is very on the nose, very uh, potentially offensive. His whole obsession seemed to be about morality and truth, um, which I think a lot of great comedy should be. And how like why his stuff is so funny is because he would just think about what is something that we all morally think openly but internally think the opposite and he'll bring that out of you and you can't help but laugh because it reveals the guilt you have of the kind of how you present yourself to the world and what you actually think you know there's a lot of things i didn't agree with him on you know he talked a lot about the dynamics of men and women and that wasn't true to me some of the stuff he said but that doesn't really matter which i think i wish people could sort of view comedy as it's not being matter if it's true to you if it's true to the person on stage if they're expressing truth then it has value the way that he discussed men and women as a black american from you know who's like 30 40 years older than me that doesn't apply to me in my world it doesn't ring fully true there's some truths essential truths about the dynamics between men and women but on the whole I didn't fully agree with some of the stuff he said. Doesn't matter. I don't make it matter because he was so funny and he was so honest and so true to himself. He was so true to himself that he fucked his career, you know, because he never for a second did anything that he felt was inauthentic. Um, but kind of the reason why I want to talk about Patrice, um, though his special elephant in, the room, elephant in the Room is one of the best specials of all time and I highly recommend you watch it. And the routine in it uh, about White Baby on a Keychain, uh, which you can find on YouTube, uh, which is about how long the police look for white women compared to black women. You know how you can tell how pretty a white woman is? The value, you look at her and then you wonder how long they would look for if she was missing. <laughs> I saw you look mad, sweetie. How long if you was missing? How long you think they were? How long you think they were? Exactly. She don't even, she went. <laughs> you know what I mean? We know the girl that he, that he, you know, supposedly had, uh, what's the girl in Aruba? Natalie Holloway, right? But the one, he just killed a girl in Peru. What's her name? Um, 
Exactly. It is one of the greatest standard routines of all time, in my opinion. Um, and the way that he sort of... One of the best uh, comments on race, and, you know, there's so many comedians doing things about race that seem so nauseating and moralizing, but his way of sort of showing the worst of himself and then discussing societal issues meant that it doesn't feel this sort of patronizing thing. It just feels like pure truth. But I guess the point, the reason why this is a lot of preamble about how much I, I like Patrice O'Neill as a comedian um, is because I don't want it to get misconstrued that I am a huge fan. I guess watching the documentary, it made me feel this whole episode should be really about um, a realisation I had about how comedy is sort of becoming presented and something that I'm not a huge fan of which is this sort of deification of comedy and this sort of it, it was just interesting in the in the documentary how it would cut to these you know bob kelly bill burr would cut to these great comedians talking about patrice and they'd be like he was one of the great truth tellers he was a free speech warrior he was like and they would talk about him like he's this sort of like an extraordinary spiritual leader and then he'll it'll cut to a clip of him doing stand-up and it'll be like you ever you ever you ever been with a girl and her pussy smells like fish or something like that it'll be something unbelievably crash he changed the way we looked at the world hey you you ever tickled a girl's asshole and she farted in your face it's like it's all it's come it's just, it's sometimes it got a grating the way that they discuss Patrice as this sort of as if he's Moses coming down from the mountain as if he's this prophet and what he has to say is a lot a lot about um, smelly vaginas um, and it kind of reminded me of a point that I feel about comedy and the way we talk about comedy is how on Joe Rogan and things like this which is where it sort of started there's a endless amounts of comedians talking about comedy and how comedy is this sacred art that is the last bastion of free speech and should be treated as this great thing and the kind of deifying comedians as these sort of gods. And I guess, to be honest, because I am a huge comedy fan and because I do comedy, I know that that is sort of true. I do think it's a great art form. I do think it's only going to get more important. Um, you know, think old art forms like theatre and stuff, they're dying and stand up which is not even considered an art form by the government is only getting bigger and because it's cheap it's affordable it feels relevant it feels it can deal with today's problems better than other art forms i do believe all these things about art but i also believe that we should stop talking about it and i do feel comedy as this great art form should be almost a secret among comedians because i find that endless sort of self-congratulation that happens around comedy and I'm not sure how Patrice would even feel about the documentary that was sort of deifying him I don't know how he'd feel but um even though it was very touchingly done in many ways and it was a tribute to a friend by other friends um and I did enjoy it very much I'm not fully criticizing it but it did embody some of the ways that we've started talking about comedy and sort of basically trying to lift it up to this thing that it's not because i think comedy is one of the most important art forms but i don't want to talk about how important it is because it should be treated as low art because it belongs in the gutter because that's what comedy is it's a gutter art form um it shouldn't be treated as high art because it's not high art it doesn't mean it's less important than high art but it needs to know its place which is 
Comedy clubs happen in basements. Disgusting. Top Secret Comedy Club, one of the best comedy clubs in this country, it's a fucking shithole. And that's how it should be, you know? You'd be terrified taking kids there because it's like, it, it literally, it looks like, I think Sean McLaughlin said it, it feels like you've licked, licked a battery and gone insane. Um, it's an abandoned laser quest. You know, it's hard to think of a great art form. The, the the greatest place to do a great art form in the country is an abandoned laser tag. But that's what it is. Um, it is a, essentially a low art form and it should be treated as thus. And though I think it can do all the things that Joe Rogan and all the community get on endlessly talk about, about how it's like we're the last truth teller and stuff, I, part of me thinks that's sort of true, but that's not for everyone to know. And... It's certainly more of a problem in America, but the way that sort of, I don't like the way that comedians are getting filled with this sort of arrogance that they're like preachers or truth tellers, even though they are. A lot of them are. Some of them aren't, and that's absolutely fine. You don't have to be this truth teller. You can just be funny. That's the most important thing. But those some comedians truly are, people who spread thought-provoking messages, the way that they've started carrying themselves as these sort of untouchable, deified beings is sort of against how I view comedy, is that com comedians should be treated as the scum jesters that they are. They are prostitutes. They are That's what they are. They're low down. And that's why they have potentially valuable things to say about society because they're gutter scum you know, and they should be spat on in the street, not deified as gods. Um, and even Dave Chappelle, who's one of my favourite comedians of all time, truly one of the greatest stand-ups. You know, his special bird revelations is up there with Elephant in the Room um, as one of my favourite specials of all time. It's on Netflix. You should definitely watch it if you haven't. But recent Dave Chappelle, I found with the last kind of the things he's been, push, he's been posting, I find his sort of He feels like he, he believes his hype too much now. And I don't know if that's unfair to say. And this is not saying I'm not a fan of Dave Chappelle. I still think he's one of the greats of all time. But there is a sort of... Um, he does mic drops at the end of his sets. No comedian should ever do a mic drop. Certainly, and maybe this is coming from a British comedy angle where the idea of sincerely dropping a mic as if you're a fucking rapper at the end of a comedy set, makes my stomach turn. The amount of times you've seen Dave Chappelle drop the mic, like, boom. To me, I'm like, that's so far removed from what a comedy should be about and what comedians are. And, you know. But, you know, he he, he is still one of the greats and he, he there's a great set of his online, which is three hours and 45 minutes. It's on this shitty club camera uh he dropped into a comedy club in new york and just stayed talking for three hours 45 minutes it's all recorded and like there's i know there's no other comedian who could probably be as enthralling as him over three hours 45 minutes so he is a great stand-up he is a great preacher he does tell stories and reveal truths and all but he should i i i don't know if i'm saying this right but i just feel like even though i know that's the case you should pretend it isn't because your role isn't that your role is preaching under the guise of being a prostitute or a gutter scum jester. 
you know, and th- th- I just think watching that documentary on Patrice and just seeing the way that we talk about comedy, I feel sometimes it needs to be more self-aware of the fact that it is low art. Um, but then it also reminded me of kind of how I got into comedy and the kind of interesting conversation we're having about morality in comedy and the way that like a lot of Patrice O'Neill stuff now wouldn't be considered okay. And some of that's fine. Some of that isn't fine. You know, I think some views are outdated and that's okay. But then some truths are too hard to hear and that's not okay. Um, But he, how I got into Patrice is through, and this is, it's a, I have a kind of a tough relationship with this, but how I sort of got into a lot of American standups was through the Oppie and Anthony show, which Patrice O'Neill featured on regularly. And the Oppie and Anthony show was sort of like these two shock jocks of the late 90s, early noughties, um, was where they kind of burst onto the scene of these two, Amer- Oppie and Anthony, these two American radio, who would just do the most shocking things. You know, they'd just be like, like a, a mixture of kind of the Wolf of Wall Street anarchy with just kind of like bro humor, but like pushing the boundaries of what radio could be, constantly getting fired, very controversial. Both utterly despicable human beings. One, Anthony, is a racist. He's a Trump supporter, which I don't think necessarily makes you a racist, but he also is a racist. Um, you list to the some things. He's racist, scumbag. And then Opie, who I don't think is a racist, but he's just not funny at all. Um, And just a bit gross and perverted and creepy. So you've got those two kind of gross guys who listen back to them. It is disgusting. Not disgusting, but just very unappealing. But then they had a radio show in New York where they would just get on The Funniest Comedians and the funniest comedians were allowed to say whatever they want. And it still is probably, at times, the funniest show I've ever heard. Because even though those two guys are kind of gross and scummy, and a lot of comedians, they go on, were kind of gross. And it was during a period of comedy where it was kind of gross, sweaty men leering over women. That being said, it was also the funniest stuff I think I've ever heard in many ways. It was at a time where Lucy C.K. was coming up, Bill Burr was coming up, Patrice O'Neill was coming up, and they'd all come into the studio and up in Anthony, and they would just beat their mind, and it was fucking hilarious. And it's weird, because though morally, in, in an argument, you could argue there's something very immoral about Oppie and Anthony and about some of the things they said. Trying to m- marry that with the fact that it makes you laugh more than make me laugh more than anything I'd heard before, you know, is sort of where a key question about comedy lies and um, something that I think lies with Patrice O'Neill's whole career, which is he's saying things that aren't technically right. But if they make you laugh, which is a really hard reaction to suppress. When you find something funny, you find something funny. It's hard to pretend otherwise. Um, What does that mean? What does that mean about you? What does that mean about the comedy? Um, so yeah, there's. It, I think there was there's there was something genius about that show and something awful about that show, and the mixture of that is what made it brilliant. Um, 
but yeah, listen to some some of Patrice O'Neill and Lucy K's clips on Opin Anthony. It's it's just it is brilliant. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say on uh, Patrice. I think that's I've covered everything I wanted to. Um, I hope I was fairly. I I don't fully know what point I was trying to make. But I guess I just wanted to. I think after watching that documentary, I I kind of felt there was like um, a reoccurring thing that I was noticing in comedy that I don't feel kind. Of, I could be wrong, but I just notice more in American comedy, and I hope it doesn't come over to Britain. Is not treating comedians as the scum we are, you know. And I hope, you know, no matter if if. And I hope it's important, you know, as a comedian to remember your place at the bottom of society where you belong. So, yeah. Peace out.